Happy New Year again. Hey, have any of you noticed the parking lots of LA Fitness and all the uh, places are filled up? You can't find a parking place. You want to make a bet? Oh, can't make a bet in church. That wouldn't be the right thing to do. <laughs> By June, you can go to those same parking lots and they'll be empty. Well, not empty, but there won't be as many cars there. Good. Hey, um, I'm going to be sharing with you a great message. We've had four great messages, praise and worship. Then uh, Zerata, it was a wonderful delivery. And then Jason, is a great delivery. And then Sherry, is a great delivery. Excellence. Isn't it great to, to have the opportunity to sit under excellence? And then you get me. <laughs> okay. Um, my subject today is going to be winning in life for 2016. I don't want to be presumptuous, but you might want to take notes or get your battle um, a manual out, your, your architectural manual for the battle. Uh, you'll, you'll get them whether you like them or not. Sometimes circumstances will come your way even if you don't want them to. Uh, situations will occur. How many of you have dreams and ambitions? Okay, how many of you want to accomplish those dreams and ambitions? I've found that people do have dreams and ambitions. And they do want to accomplish those dreams and ambitions, but they're goodly frustrated. More and more, I see they find a harder way to get traction, to find those dreams and ambitions. How many of you know there's stuff going on around the world? I don't know that there's a country outside of the United States that isn't being affected with some type of stuff. How many of you know there's stuff going on in the United States? But how many of you know that the weapons manual says that we're above the stuff? Amen. We're above the circumstances. Amen. I want to tell you, when I ask somebody how you're doing, they tell me, I'm under, the, well, based on the circumstances. Woe is me. I say, what are you doing up underneath the circumstances? I mean, you're a child of God. Come on. Like Zariah said, you're a king's kid. You're a joint heir with Jesus. You have the title deed to heaven. Amen. The title deed Amen. to heaven. You know, when Jesus went to be with the Father, I've gotten off my message just a little bit, but bear with me. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. You know who's sitting next to Jesus? For you Alabama people, Bear Bryant. <laughs> Bear, Bear Bryant, uh, anyway, he was a coach of Alabama. Some of you know because some of you are laughing. There you go. So Jesus is there as our advocate, and he issued us the title deed. He was foreordained for our uh, purpose, for us to win, not only just to be saved and sanctified and set apart, for us to have victory. So don't be under the circumstances. Don't be loaded up with the condemnations and the guilt of the past. There is no future in your past. Your future is in your future. Your vision, Habakkuk, write the dream, write the vision that Sherry shared with you. Where there is no vision, the people perish. When I speak to people and they say to me circumstances and this and that and tell me about all this stuff, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to love on them and witness to them and care, do what I can. But you know what? I'm not going to hang around that environment. I'll get to that a little later. I'm not going to stay in that negative environment, I, even if it's a relative. 
I don't mind saying this in front of Sherry. She knows this. This is not a secret. We have a member of our family that I won't be around. You know, I'll say hello. I'll give them a hug. Not here, of course, in this town or this church. But I just won't be around them because they're negative about everything. And they're strifeful. Have you ever been around people that just strife just seems to be a part of their life? You can't be in that kind of environment and win. So I'm going to share with you some points about winning. If you have your weapons manual, turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, and verse 7. Proverbs 4 and verse 7. I'm going to help you position yourself to win. I'm going to give you some tips. I'm going to help you build a foundation to win. I know people make New Year's resolutions. I know people make New Year's goals. And most often we make these goals, or in some cases we don't. And the reason we don't make them is because we know we're not going to accomplish them, and so we don't want the disappointment or the hurt. Okay? One thing that I can say about me, for the fear that it sounds like a brag, is I get up every day expecting something great to happen. In fact, our prayer in the morning is something great is going to happen to us and through us. Okay? So I live in the air of expectancy. I live in faith. I've been hurt. How many of you have been hurt? Let's be honest. 100%. If I lived in hurt, I might as well go out to Myrtle Hill Cemetery and keep the dead people company. There's no future in your past. You can't win living over there in the past. You only can win when you write the vision. In Proverbs 4, 7, are you there? It says wisdom is the principal thing. Now, when it says the principal thing, it means it's the important thing. It's the main thing. The main thing. How much wisdom would it be if you wanted to start a business and you went down and talked to the clerk at the laundromat that didn't own the laundromat? Could he or she tell you how to build a business? If you wanted to run a laundromat, you'd go talk to the owner of the laundromat and say, well, how's this doing? I noticed you got you a nice Rolls Royce outside. You must be doing pretty good. How do you, you must be washing lots of clothes here. See? You know what I'm saying? If you want to be a medical doctor, you wouldn't go talk to my plumbing contractor next door. He doesn't know how to be a medical doctor. And he's a great plumbing contractor. If you want to saw lumber, you might go talk to Floyd. He knows how to do that. Okay? If you want to fix things, you might want to talk to Matt. If you want to learn spiritual, you might go sit under Dr. Jack or Pastor Marie or spiritual giant. Okay? So... What am I talking about when I say get wisdom? It's something you have to pursue. It doesn't just land on you. Okay? And you say, "Woo! I got all this wisdom. (laughs) Okay? We're still learning, aren't we? Every day we learn. Sherry and I learn. Wow, that's a new revelation. Okay. 
And then it says, in all thy getting, or therefore, in all thy getting, and the therefore is therefore, a purpose. When, when you see therefore, the therefore is there, in all thy getting, get understanding. Well, what do you mean get understanding? If somebody tells you a nugget, and you don't ask them, well, what, is, what does that mean? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? You don't get understanding. All you heard was a nugget. So if you're at the bottom of the ladder of where you want to be in some of these areas and you want to move to rung two or rung three or rung four, you're going to have to do all of these on a fairly consistent basis, and I'm going to get into more specifics. Wisdom is the key role in achieving and winning. It's the key. It's the foundation. It's the authenticity of your future. You must create a pattern of consistency. Consistency is actually a pattern of behavior. Daily disciplines done daily with excellence will allow you momentum to build a bigger future. Daily disciplines done daily with excellence. I didn't say with slobification. I didn't say with casualness. I said with excellence. How would you like if you were attacked that the police officers, oh, I didn't have my Starbucks. I think I'll run down there while you're getting killed. Well, you'd like that police officer to be excellent. Right? You'd like him to draw that sword and make sure that maybe you didn't get it between the eyes. You know what I'm talking about? How would you like the guy that made your car, oh, I don't think I'll put a wheel on it. Are you ambitious, you lazy, or are you ambitious? It's okay to be ambitiously lazy. I was ambitiously lazy. At age 34, I became a millionaire. At 44, I became a minus several millionaire. I was ambitious getting it. And I was ambitious losing it. How did I lose it? I didn't know anything about Proverbs 4-7. Okay. I got in business with some guys I shouldn't have gotten in business with. They helped me take my money, their money, and some other people's money. And uh, we were going to do great things. <laughs> we are going to get rich. You know what I'm saying? We sure did. We enriched the courts. We enriched the lawyers. <laughs> okay? We enriched the banks. But we all went broke. I won't ask for a show of hands, but if you've ever been broke, it's no fun. I mean, it's no fun. You don't have to raise your hand. I'm telling you. I mean, I know there's at least one or two in here that's probably been broke. You know? It's no, it's no fun. The dream carries within it its own realization. The power and the energy for its own realization. Now you've heard me talk about dreams in the past. You've heard me talk about 1 Samuel 17. You know the story about David and Goliath. I want to tell you that, that David wasn't sitting around waiting for the Goliath. Okay? He was really excellent at what he did. I'm convinced when the king put out the gold 
for the edict, for the man who killeth the giant will have free taxes, marry the princess, and I understand she was pretty, and he'll live in the, in the palace, and he'll ride a white horse. I understand that there are a lot of people that heard that, but David was listening. I'll get to more about listening in a minute. He heard what the king said, and then he said to the king, king will you please tell me that again? He wanted validation. Because he, right there, he said, man, the princess. Let's go. White horse, let's go. Free taxes. And Israel taxes were 70% then. David was not after the Goliath. He was after killing the circumstances. In fact, he even said what the Apostle Paul was talking about over in Romans 4.17. Call those things be not as if they were. He said to the giant... I'm going to take your head off with a sword. He didn't have a sword. He left the sword in the camp. It wasn't his sword to begin with. It wasn't his armor, Floyd. Right? So he had the energy and the power for his own realization, for his dream. Let me tell you something. People laugh at dreamers. There's a guy over here in Orlando at the city of Orlando, said, man, we got this swamp, nobody wants it, we can't sell it, it's full of alligators. And a little guy came in from Anaheim, California, nine million in debt, struggling with the banks, filed bankruptcy. This guy had filed bankruptcy. He stood up there on the podium, the Orlando father said, we're gonna give you this property. And they knew he was crazy. They knew he was a nut. Nine million in debt from California, standing on the podium in the middle of a swamp. And he said, we're going to build a beautiful place here. And people from all over the world will come. And we'll have castles. And we'll have rides. And we'll have fun. And it'll be a, a beautiful place, park. And we're going to call it Disney World. Double ears. Mickey Mouse. They laughed at Walt Disney. They're going to laugh at you if you dream. If you aspire to be great, do something special with your life, they're going to laugh at you. Okay? Is that all right? It's fair enough to say? So what are the specific things that we have to do, after I laid that foundation, hopefully, that will get you to some keys to success that will prepare you? Prayer. Prayer without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians talks about prayer without ceasing. Zerida talked about hitting the wall and being on her knees. I've hit the wall and rubbed the skin off my knees many times. It's part of life. But Rocky, he said, man, come on, man. Just give me one more time. Just one more time, man. You see, the key is I got up. The key is Zerida got up. She drew on the strength Listen, listen, that one relative I talked about, if, if, I was, if I had a choice, I mean, I love her, but I don't have to be around her. And I'm not going to go ask her if I had a wall. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to say, Father, what is it about me that I don't see about me? that you know about me, that I need to change. What revelation do I need today? 
that will equip me to overcome this challenge in my life. And it ain't your wife. Men, you better come to the men of valor, I'm going to come get you. I was ministering in a church years ago, and I said, Pastor, can I say what I want? He said, you sure can. And it was a situation where there was some challenges that he had told me about where the men weren't taking responsibilities. And so I just got carried away, and I can do that once in a while, and I want you all to forgive me in advance. There was 230 men in this uh, service, men only. And I said, the problem with some of you men is you got pink lace on your doors. <laughs> and it was like the men that were asleep woke up. <laughs> and they were offended. And the men that weren't asleep were offended. And they all went to the pastor after the message and said, he can't say that here. I don't got pink lace on my doors. I said, what's that hanging down there? It looks pink to me. So they didn't invite me back to speak there ever again. <laughs> Their loss. Amen. That church is vibrant and going today, and I have been back there to visit, and they love me, and I love them. See, sometimes you get hit right between the eyes where you need to get hit between the eyes. It doesn't kill you, but it yeah. shocks you. Amen. But it might be a word you need. You know, we got conquest of the bonkers, some of us. You know? You know what that is? You know what conquest of the bonkers is? You don't? We'll look it up later. <laughs> Second, 1 Timothy 2.8. I would that you'd pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath. James, the affectionate, fervent, fervent is passionate prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So prayer is your first key to winning. Your second key is read your weapons manual. The grand architect, God the Father, laid it out. He was the first master craftsman, the first architect. At minimum, read a proverb and a psalm a day. At a minimum. You should do more than that. Okay? I'm not suggesting you stay on your knees all day long, but prayer without ceasing. Reading the Word. Studying the Word. Letting the Word become part of you. Sit under pastors like Pastor Jack and Pastor Marie. You know, they have sound doctrine and they are full of wisdom. I mean, they haven't, they didn't get to this place. You know, just, oh, one day we'll be pastors. There's a few bumps on the road. And you know, building a church is like the tortoise and the hare. How many of you are familiar with that? It just doesn't happen overnight. And you know, if you preach sound word and sound doctrine sometimes, you do, did you ever know, have you ever had anybody in your life that you ever said anything to or you were with that got offended? Has anybody ever had that happen to them? Well, sometimes when you tell the truth or speak the truth, people don't like it. You know? Isn't that right? Okay. Number three, listen. I believe before you can become a 
what God wants you to become. In my case, God gave me two ears, okay, and one mouth. It's my turn to talk today, but I like to spend most of my time listening. And so to this point, people will say to me, well, who, who, is, uh, who are you going to vote for? Who do you really like? I don't know. It's too early for me. I kind of know, but I don't know. And I'll say to them, well, what are you thinking about? And I'll listen to their heart. Well, who do you think would make the best leader of this country? And so what I've learned to do is I've learned to ask questions. Get out the duct tape. Sherry, do I have a case of duct tape? And do I keep it on my desk in front of my telephone? Because if I start talking to you about all my political aspirations, we'd be here for a week. And I think I'm right. Isn't that interesting? So we might be here two weeks. But it's not important what my political aspirations are. It's important as what your desires are. And if I'm going to become the person that might help you take some steps forward in life, you know, we're all here not just for ourselves. We're all here to usher in How shall I say this? Pastor Joshua, here to usher in and build one another up. Edify, encourage, and exhort is what I'm looking for. Right? That's what we're here for. So you have to listen, Andrew, to what people are saying. Some people are hurt. Some people are angry. Some people have unfulfilled expectations. Some people are all of those plus confused. Okay. Pardon me? Sick and tired and fed up. Yeah, there's a group of people that are, yeah, there's a sick and tired and fed up group. So listen. You know, I, this couple of things might sound a little hard today as I share some of this with you, but it's truth. Is that okay? As a young man that comes by our home and he's a wonderful guy, not involved in this church, we've invited him. And he's struggling with, he's not married, he wants to be married. He's, uh, uh, he's financially always struggling. Always struggling. And a few years ago, uh, he came by, and uh, he was my paper boy. And uh, I asked him to, he wrote me a thank you. I'm not going to be your paper guy anymore. I'm going to start detailing cars. I said, okay, now you can detail my cars. Okay, and he's a wonderful young man, a precious man, knows the Lord. And he consistently says out of his mouth what's going on. And I said, do you want that? And he'll say, well, no. And then, so I gave him a nugget. And I've been doing it for eight years. And I love doing it. I love to help people. I love to encourage people, Pastor Joshua. I love to edify people. I love to exhort people. I love to give into people's life. I love to be an encourager. I love to help men become men. Okay? It's just something I love to do. Here's the deal. He didn't take one note, mentally, emotionally, or written of what I said. 
I want to tell you the nugget that I shared with him. I will not share today, but it, it was more personal to his situation. But it would have been the first rung on the ladder to creating wealth for him because of what he, his talent is. But he didn't take it because he wasn't listening to me. He heard me, but he wasn't listening to me. Listen to CDs, the quality of the CDs, Word and Spirit CDs only, Word and Spirit, by men and women who have been developed under the thinking of Rhema and the types of ministries that we're associated with. And by the way, Pastor Todd DeLay is on our board, and he's a huge asset to this church. He's a great example of how you build a church and a community of less people than we have here. He stayed the course. Number four, associations. Go out into the marketplace and be with, with people. That's what we're supposed to do. Okay? Proverbs 4.14. Enter not into the path of the wicked. Go not by the way of evil men. Now we must always be ready and willing to witness, but do not stay in the environment of evil. I will tell you that I will not hang around people who are potty mouths. I will not hang around people who will talk bad about my pastors, about my wife, and about my family. I'll kill them. I'm telling you, man. Okay? If they have thoughts or opinions, they should take it to God and keep their mouth shut. Okay? Far be it from you to judge. You're going to get the stick out of your own eye. Okay? Are you with me? So when I get around people that they're negative, 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 complaining and griping about everything, I do what was Michael Jackson? He did. I do, I do the reverse moonwalk. Hey, you know what I tell them? It's the same way on the phone. Sherry, Sherry, they call in. So, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I got something on the stove. I got to go. I'll call you back. I do. I got a pot on the stove of coffee. I'm serious. You think I'm kidding. Isn't that what I do? I will not let myself get fed. If there's some junk on television and I happen to, you know, I, like, I might be watching something that's business-wise because I'm a business guy, and then the, it flips over and the next hour is some stupid, crazy, watch-and-doodle-it program. Click! Turn that monster off. Okay. Are you with me? Proverbs 13, 20 says, He who walks with wise men shall be wise. And the companion of fools. Man, you don't want to hang around them fools. You'll get destroyed. You think I'm kidding? I mean, we, I, I put a million dollars in this deal when I was 34 years old. That was in 1970. Hold on. <laughs> okay. That was 74. 1974, before many of you were born. A million dollars is a lot of money back then. Probably a lot today, right? 
Okay? I was a fool. I went in with fools. What happens when a fool and a bunch of fools get together? <laughs> Nothing but foolishness. You know, it was a pool of fools. <laughs> I mean, it was just a mess. I couldn't clean it up. It took me years to come out of that mess. Listen, if the Lord tells you to go this way, and you start going over here because, whoo, man, this here is a handsome young man, man. I might want to get hooked up with him someday if you're a young woman. Well, that may not be the God. You better go over here and stay with your pastor and pray. And if, the, and, and if you get a peace, and, and, you know, it works both ways. I mean, I can see a young woman coming over and say, God told me I'm supposed to marry you. Well, the Word of God says a man findeth a woman. So you know right away if some woman comes walking up to you and says you're supposed to marry her, you're too young to be married anyway, I think. But that's other than that, other than that you know what I'm talking about? I mean, that'd be foolish, wouldn't it? Number five, I'm moving along. There's only 19 more points. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Mentors and pastors, please be careful. Pastor Jack, Dr. Jack and Pastor Marie, okay, solid. Solid mentors, pastors, okay? You may not like what you get told sometimes. You may not embrace it, but more likely it was for you even if you didn't like it. Okay? You ever had a toothache? Never had? Who's had a toothache? Okay. It'd go away. You take the tooth out or it'll go away eventually, right? Well, you know, if you hear a, tr- a nugget and it's for you and it kind of <clears throat> like a toothache, maybe it was for a purpose. You know, it's like, bam, I needed that. Bam, I needed that. You ever heard of Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan never won a basketball game by himself. Michael Jordan, how many of you know who Michael Jordan is? Did he ever win a basketball game by himself? No. You ever heard of Phil Jackson? How many of you heard of Phil Jackson? You basketball people. Michael Jordan only won and became the greatest basketball player that ever lived because Phil Jackson was his mentor and coach. Okay? You got to have a mentor and coach. You got to. It's important. When I came out of that 1974, 75, 76 in those years where we were so broke, okay, we didn't have a home. We'd have a car. We walked for two years. My credit was so bad they wouldn't take my cash. That's pretty bad, ain't it, James? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I decided that having a mentor was imperative. And I was blessed to find a spirit-filled Christian attorney who's a smart guy, spirit-filled, knew, knew the legalistic law, but he knew the New Testament law, which says Jesus has paid the price for you. And he began to talk to me about Jesus, not about business. And then I got a mentor that was worth $400 million. 
And he taught, began to talk to me about Jesus is fine, but there's some things you got to do in addition to Jesus. You got to go to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Strive for growth. Strive for growth. Servanthood. And progression to enrich yourself. You have to progress to enrich your life. It's in the words, in prayer, it's in listening, it's in submission to mentorship. This will be on the CD. I know you can't possibly write some of this down for those of you who want to write it down. One of the most important things is to maintain a spirit of optimism. A spirit of optimism is an absolute faith position. I know that I know that I know that I know without a shadow of a doubt that all of my needs shall be taken care of by his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter what the circumstances say. It matters what the weapons manual says. It matters what Jesus said. He was foreordained for my prosperity. He was foreordained for my health. He was foreordained for me to come out of sickness and poverty. And so all i got to do is hold on to that. I have a, have a spirit of enthusiasm, a spirit of optimism, a spirit of faith. My life is enriched because of that. Listen, if I lost it all, I'd still have Jesus, and that's everything. So I've got it all. Okay? I mean, what is, what, I mean, have you ever been to Publix and loaded up your basket and gone out the thing and, and, and checked out and said, you know, I don't have any money, but I want to check out. I mean, people say money is important, but that cashier is going to say, wait a minute, I've got to get the manager. Okay, we're going to have to hold these groceries until you can take care of business. Right? It's not the main thing, but it says it's important. The main thing is Jesus. And the wisdom surrounding what Jesus has given unto us through his weapons manual through mentors, through coaches, through pastors, through teachers. I mean, can you imagine you'd never heard of Michael Jordan or Nike without Phil Jackson? Okay? You wouldn't have. Okay. So in order to turn the corner, in order to seek mentors, we have to sometimes say to a mentor, what is it I can't see about me that you see about me that I need to see about me to help me become the me that I would like to be? you got to tell your mentor what your dream and goal is. And let me tell you something. It's not about control. I have mentors today, and they do not control my life. They want me to win. And I'm also a protege. I'm a protege to my pastor. He is my son. He is my son-in-law. He married my youngest daughter. I have the right to call him son. I do. I have the right to say things to him, which I do. But I have the respect and the honor of the office. He's my pastor. And if he says dead, okay, there's something I think we need to talk about. That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about it. And I'm going to submit to him. He's my pastor. I have chosen. I am 75. He's... Youngster. Hey, how many of you know it's his 50th birthday this year? Should we do something? Take this off the tape. Should we do something? <laughs> okay. 
A mentor will push us beyond our limits without controlling us. A mentor wants the very best for you. Your pastors want the very best for you. Proverbs eleven fourteen: where there is no counsel, the people will fail. They will fall. They will become fools. They will fall into the stuff. Be in the multitude of counselors. If you have challenges or issues, talk to your pastor. If your pastor can't help you, we have people in this church or about this church or involved in this church that are trained counselors that can help people. Number six, do your homework and pay the price. How many of you know what you're supposed to do over the next 12 months to 24 months? It's okay if you don't. Okay? Some of you are seeking God to show you a pathway. Some of you are anchored in with what you know that you know that you're supposed to do. Okay? That's fine either way. But those of you who don't know exactly where you're headed, God doesn't care what you do, okay, as long as it doesn't violate moral authority. He doesn't want you open in a bar. People come to me all the time, say, well, I, I heard there's a lot of money in the liquor business. <laughs> there is. Is that what God's telling you to do? I mean, they'll come to me, they'll ask me, I heard there's a lot of money in the liquor business. Is that what God's telling you to do? There's a lot of money in the strip club business and the porn business and the gambling business. Is that what God's telling you to do? Because I don't believe it if that's what you tell me. So here's what I suggest to you. I suggest that you do anything besides those four areas that I mentioned. God will bless your socks off. But you've got to get all in. Wait a minute. I'm in the financial business. No, baby, we're not in the financial business. We are all in. You know the difference between in and all in? You know the difference? When I say I'm all in, if there ain't no money coming in the door, it's still my business. <laughs> if money's coming in the door, it's God's business. Okay? So I'm in because once you make the commitment, the way will present itself. So the challenge with most people is they're not in. And they're double-minded. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So you need to ask God, God, what is it you want me to do? He doesn't care as long as it's honest and legal and moral. Just do it if it's not honest and legal and moral. Okay? Be about productivity and activity. Are you with me? Okay. So, Malcolm Gladwell is a best-selling author. Wrote a book called Outliners. The story is success. He said, practice isn't the thing you do once you're good. It's the thing you do that makes you good. Daily disciplines done daily with excellence. So you don't just get good. You have to continue to practice being good. Just because you graduate from college 
doesn't mean you're smart. Could mean you're smart, but doesn't necessarily mean you're smart. Okay. Number seven, take care of your body. It's the temple of God. Be a steward of your body. Increase your chance of looking good, feeling good in all ways. Learn how to properly exercise. I am certainly not an authority on these areas, but I know that if you will do what I've suggested you do, if you have a spiritual issue, you talk to pastors. If you have a financial issue, you talk to financial people. If you want to know something about how to exercise your body, you talk to somebody that knows how to do that. Certain people can't exercise certain parts of their body. For two years, I could not do anything from the waist down. Okay? Today, I can do a lot from the waist down. I could do 40, 50 sit-ups, free sit-ups, and leg raises, and squats without any challenge here today. But find somebody that helps you and knows how to help you. Food, what we eat. How many of you know that most of the foods have chemicals and poisons in them and preservatives in them today? You need to talk to a nutritionist, a person that knows about food. Most of us are killing ourselves. I'll give you an example. Diet Coke. Diet Coke will rob the gut. The gut controls the immune system. If the immune system is healthy, you're healthy. If the immune system is shot, your body is not healthy. Diet Coke robs the good bacteria in your gut, period, along with there's a lot of other foods that do also. I'm just picking on Diet Coke. Cause, all right. Are you with me? So you might want to stop drinking Diet Coke. You say, well, man, I can't get, live a day without my Diet Coke. Coke will be okay if you don't drink their Cokes. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Don't worry about Coke. They're going to be all right. All right? Find somebody that knows something about food. I go to the grocery store a lot now, and here's what I find. People, I mean, I can't get through the aisles. The people are reading the labels, and I'm glad about that because we're killing ourselves in this country. I mean, you look on the label, and it's this much stuff. Golly day. In addition to salt. There's this much stuff. You know what I'm saying? Quality of sleep. I'm, I'm not an authority on this. But 40% uh, of the Americans only sleep six hours a night. I believe that your productivity in the workplace, your productivity in your relationship with husbands and wives, and your relationship with other people is affected directly by the fact that you haven't rejuvenated properly. God didn't make us to be a machine. I have a friend that's a, a billionaire. He has no health. When he was 30, 35, 40 years old, he went 70, 80 hours a week on five hours of sleep and bragged about it. Okay? He's had five heart attacks. Oh, he's got money. He would take his billion dollars and give it to the medical world for good health. He wouldn't do that. He's a wonderful Christian man also. But he got sideways with his wisdom. He thought, if I could just make the money, I can bless the church, and I can bless a lot of people. How many of you know who Mylon Lefebvre is? 
Mylon Lefebvre wrote everything Elvis Presley ever wrote. You know Elvis Presley? Mylon Lefebvre is a friend of mine. He's an evangelist. You know Mylon Lefebvre. He's a long-haired guy, hippie, rock and roll, drug addict. Okay? Mylon Lefebvre says, quote, If you're a rich man and you are killing yourself to bless the kingdom of God, you miss God. There's a balance in working, serving the Lord. And this man threw his health totally out of kilter and ruined his life. Wow. Excuse me. <clears throat> I said to Sherry, I'm going to get out of here at 12 o'clock. Forgive me for that lie. <laughs> Forgive me, folks. I apologize. Are you all okay? You sure? Um, rest your body. Turn off the TV an hour. The iPads, the cell phones, texting. Turn it all off. Get quiet an hour before you go to bed. The blue hues, I don't know what the blue hues are. You know what the blue hues are? What are the blue hues, Sherry? It's the reflection from the screen. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, you want to you wanna shut down. Get a noise machine, or even better than a noise machine, play psalms or spiritual tapes, okay, or your radio. Darken your room, okay. You say... Hey, there's a theory out, but scientifically now has been proven that you can burn body fat while you sleep. Okay? Mark McDonald's one of the guys. There are many other nutrition experts around the country because when you allow your body to shut down and your brain can shut down, your metabolism, okay, will still burn the fat. Is that right, Andrew? Hey, Andrew knows something. Is that right, Matt? Joshua? Pastor Joshua? See, these guys, are, these guys are working out. So, here we go. I'm about done. Are we okay, Jason? All right, finally, the rich. Being rich and having a fortune. Being rich is a state of being. It's a relationship with God the Father. It's belonging to the church that cares about you and loves you and wants you to excel and having excel and having pastors who have your best interest at heart, even though they may say something to you that you may not necessarily want to hear or you may want to hear. It's having a great marriage or great relationships. It's having great children, a great family, and a great community of fellow believers, people who will encourage you, and people who have quality of life that are fulfilled. A fortune is something that you get as a result of doing the steps that I've just shared with you. A fortune is something that becomes after you discover who you are in Jesus. A fortune is something that will empower you to do something greater than, the, than, than what you have today. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands of who bought Powerball tickets, okay? But the Powerball was about a billion dollars. And I saw an excerpt on, on this guy that runs a Powerball, and here's how he said it. We're blessing people. Okay. He said, here's what the deal is. What the Powerball does is get people thinking about things and dreaming about things that they've never thought or dreamt about before. That's fine. What would you do with a billion dollars? What would you do with another $1,000 a month? Let's bring it down to reality. 
what would you do with another $1,000 a month? What would you do with all your bills paid, like Sherry said, you had no debt, and you had an increase of $1,000? That's a fortune from where you are, maybe. Okay? Well, if I had Warren Buffett's money, I'd be all right. No, you wouldn't. Okay? 99% of all lottery winners don't have it in five years. Why? Because they don't know the principles that I just taught you today. They don't have the keys. Are you with me? Okay. I'm going to read this. Please, can you indulge me just a little bit? Okay. I wrote this card. I think Melanie validate this. Sherry, well, I have a stack of cards in my home, three-by-five cards. I've been using them since 1974 when I went, uh, again, hit the wall, millions in debt. And here's what I wrote. <clears throat> if you don't want to take charge of your life, this card was written in 1974. If you don't want to take charge of your life, someone else will. You can let the Holy Spirit take charge of your life. I used to have a comfort zone where I knew I could not fail. The same four walls and busy work were really more like jail. I longed so much to do the things I'd never done before, but I stayed inside my comfort zone and paced and walked the same old floor. I said I didn't care about things like diamond furs and such. I just claimed to be so busy with the things inside my zone, but deep inside I longed for something special of my own. I could not let life go by just wondering and watching others win. I held my breath and stepped outside and let the change begin. I took a step in new strength I never had before. I kissed my comfort zone goodbye and closed and locked the door. I was afraid, like most of you, how to venture out, but we just remember this one thing. All winners at one time were filled with doubt. Find someone that will praise you and encourage you in your dreams. Your dreams will come true and your future will have a smile and it'll all be worthwhile. Finally, in wrapping up, so dream big dreams. Dream big dreams. There's no shortage of money. There's no shortage of dreams. There's no shortage of what you could do to impact the lives of other people as you become and developed into what God wants you to become. God's got a greater plan for you than you. I work on me all the time. Jim Rohn, who's a motivational speaker, once said, you know, you can work at a job and you can make a good living, but if you work harder on yourself, you'll have a bigger future. You'll have a bigger fortune. He was a great mentor and a great friend. He's gone on now, but his legacy will endure forever. Get some traction by getting wisdom, for it is the main thing. It is the principal thing. It is the most important thing. Invest daily in yourself. Daily disciplines done daily with consistency will allow you to persevere and never, 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 never quit. And you will win. Be blessed.